Don't worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis, and know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm glad to be with you again as we head into a new week. I have another new guest with me here on the show. His name is Jonathan Enrico. Jonathan, how's your day going? Pretty good. How about yours? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad we're getting to talk. I, I am really looking forward to hearing more details of your story. I've seen your profile on Instagram and, you know, I've dove into that, but I'm just looking forward to hearing it from you. So, man, let's get into it. Tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, man, you know, I I always have been the fat kid. Uh, I, I grew up. Uh, I grew up as the fat kid. I was always the fat friend. Uh, you know, uh, been fat my whole life, actually. Um, so, man, growing up the big kid like that, was it something that you, like, were you conscious of your weight then, or, you know, being the fat friend, or was it just something that was a part of life for you? Man, it was just a part of life, you know, you, you know, your, your parents, they always, you know, trying to make you feel good about yourself, trying to lift you up and so my mom was like my biggest fan she was always like oh baby you know it's just baby fat or oh you're just big boned or whatever you know so i just i just i was totally blind to it you know what i'm saying no understood and i i I think that's a common experience like did you hit when do you think you hit a point where you first you know really became conscious of your weight man so i've like been i've done the whole weight loss thing like four times in my life um so I got into high school, you know, and that's when it really started. Like, you know, when you, you're trying to get a girlfriend and they're like, oh, no, you know, they friend zone you because you're fat or whatever. Then you got your friends making, you know, the occasional fat joke and you got the coach you're on the football team calling you fat boy and stuff like that. So it started like hitting home around there. And, uh, you know, I just really got... <clears throat> really didn't do nothing about it i just like got depressed and it just made it worse and then uh as i got out of high school you know my i i graduated and moved in with my grandparents i had a career path i was going to follow out there and uh my grandpa was like you know that the trade that you're going to go into they're not going to hire you because the weight limit on ladders are 300 pounds so you need to get your stuff together and lose some weight so that was when i kind of buckled down the first time and lost 100 pounds 
so I could get that that career field. Do you remember were you were you four hundred pounds? You remember what weight you were when that happened? I was actually when I graduated high school, I weighed three hundred pounds, and then by the time we about that time, I was probably about I was pushing probably three fifty. Okay. And what and, did you? Uh, yeah, and what did you do? to lose the weight that time was it like uh, you know was it a specific diet was it let me just clean things up ah yeah oh tony horton yeah man yeah i had my grandma grocery shopping for me meal prepping for me and all i had to do was go in the backyard and throw down for 90 minutes you know what i'm saying so so p90x you lost 100 pounds where did things go yes, from sir. there i lost 100 pounds Applied for the uh, apprenticeship. Uh, ended up not getting the apprenticeship. <laughs> I worked so hard for. Um, then a lot of family things went down. And uh, I kind of like went into like a, I don't know, like, I guess a depression, I guess. I really didn't. I don't call it a depression. I, I don't know what it was. But it was like a funk, right? And... Uh, I missed home. I was away from all my, my mom and my brothers and all that stuff. And I kind of like had a little bit of homesick because I was all the way in Arizona. Mm. And where and, was home uh, for you? Oh, well, I was born in Arizona, but mm -hmm. my parents moved me back out, moved me to Oklahoma. Okay. So I moved from Oklahoma back to Arizona. And then, so anyways, I got a little homesick and all that stuff. And I just... I got a job at Walmart and that night stalker. And then I just, I quit working out. I quit eating good. And I just, I went downhill, man. I moved back home, got back into my old ways and put on, went back up to 350 plus some, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And do you think like knowing it, you know, even up to that point in your life, like if you were to think about what your relationship with food was like, was it, a habitual thing with you was it emotional driven like how do you really frame it man you know i i guess it could have been emotional but man i just like to eat like it was like a it was like a drug you know what i'm saying like i i felt good but then when i eat i felt better you know food was like my happiness i guess yeah which I mean, let's let, let's let's be blatantly honest. Like you know, I'm sure everyone out there listening can agree. Like, it's not like we're trained to you know psychoanalyze our relationship with food as we're growing up. Like, we're not you know. There's no class in high school where they're like, now sit down and think about why you want you know if you're eating Oreos at night, why are you eating Oreos at night? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. we don't have that. We don't have those discussions. So we develop those habits and those triggers and things along those lines. And they just become a part of who we are. It's not something that we're like, I need to zero in on that exact habit. I just know that I like food, you know, or I know that, you know, there, when I'm feeling a certain way, food is, food is something that helps me feel better. Like it, it doesn't, it's not until we're doing, you know, reflection on it that we often see the patterns. Absolutely. So you put weight back on, like you said, and got over 350. Where did things, you know, you're back home in Oklahoma. Where did things go for, from there for you, man? Then uh, so I got back and uh, had a buddy of mine tell me, you know, he was like, he's seen pictures of me back when I had lost a hundred pounds and I'd, I'd come back and I was heavier again. He's just like, man, what happened? Why'd you let yourself go? Blah, blah. And uh, I was like, I don't know, man. I, I guess cause I, 
I don't know. I just told him, I was like, I don't know, man. It just happened. And he's like, well, we need to get you back on the track. And then my dad was like, yeah, we need to get you back on track. So then we did it again. This time I went through insanity. So the home, the home workouts were like my friend for like a while. So I got on insanity and I dropped 150 pounds and looked even better than I did the first time. So then I started getting a lot more girl attention. So it started to become like more of an addictive pattern. And I started like, I don't know, it, was, it would become a habit. And I, it was a lifestyle for a while and um, ended up meeting my ex-wife. And um, things were great. Things were great. Um, we were young. Uh, ended up getting pregnant with our first child. Uh, it was an accident kind of thing. And uh, so we got married. We got married for the wrong reasons, of course. So we got married, had our had our first child, uh, went through the whole, you know, trying to make things work and uh, talked about, you know, we weren't going to raise a single child, so let's have a second one. So we ended up getting pregnant with our my youngest and uh, at that time, uh, I had got accepted into, I had started working at a steel mill. We'll back up a little bit. I had got a job at a steel mill and uh, locally, and uh, I had applied for their maintenance apprenticeship program after our first kid. And I got accepted and started going to college. I was a full-time student on top of a full-time dad, on top of a full-time working 60, 70 hours a week trying to make time for the gym and eating healthy and meal prepping and trying to balance the family life. And, uh, so all this was going down and, uh, things started getting bumpy at the house. You know what I'm saying? Um, she was working six days a week and it just started to be more of like a living friendship kind of thing. And, I started getting depressed. And I started going back. You know, I, I I had quit the gym because it was just crazy. Uh, I was so much school, trying to balance the kid life and working. I just I I try to not make excuses, but it was a lot. And uh, working until seven o'clock at night, and then going to class or working at three in the afternoon, going to class until eight, coming home doing homework, and then having to take care of kids and then trying to spend time with your wife and then having to get up at 3 a.m. to go to the gym, you know, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. Which I don't think, I mean, you know, you, you see that a lot on social media, like don't make excuses, you know, and then you also see people chanting, you know, we all have the same 24 hours in a day and look what I can do and look what I can do. But the reality is our each individual person's circumstances are different and absolutely having a lot going on. And again, it goes back to that place of, you know, one, what, you know, what do you, even if you were getting, you know, going to bed late and getting up early to go to the gym, eventually that was going to burn you out. Like running on a, on, you know, it used to be virtue signaling to say, you know, I run on three hours of sleep and look at me, I'm fantastic. And it's like, well, you're not going to do that for long. Like you, you might be able to do that in your twenties for a while, but you're going to eventually hit a point where that's not going to work. But also knowing, you know, that, all of these, when all of these things are important and you have priorities, you know, as a dad, as a provider, you know, as someone in a relationship, even if there's challenges there, 
you know, you're trying to prioritize those things. Like we, there's only so much space in front of us that we can manage things. So it, it's, it's normal. I think sometimes that things fall by the wayside that we want to make priorities and it just in that moment doesn't feel possible. Oh yeah. It wasn't like it burned me out hard. It burned me out hard. And then, you know, then it turned to, you know, getting a quick McDonald's cheeseburger in between class and home or, you know, whatever it may have been or getting breakfast in the morning, going to work. Like it was just, then I just got out of control again. Like it was one of those, I was, I was the kind of person that if I started eating that way again and I became undisciplined, it was over. It was over. And I, I gained twice as much back as, you know, than I lost the first, second time. So before, you know, before we even get into the details of that, like, do you think, like, I'm curious because I think this is something I've been through in, you know, in that roller coaster in my life. Like there are times where I'm like, even when I start to make that choice about priorities, prioritizing things and things start to go by the wayside, I, I still tell myself I can manage this. Like even that, you know, that one cheeseburger, I, in my head, I'm telling myself, well, I'll just keep it to this and this will be fine. And this is, this is quicker and I won't go back to the way it was before. And it's almost like you're convincing yourself that it's not happening while it's happening. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's one cheeseburger. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. That's so where was. So you put put the weight like back on you said even more. Where oh, did, where did yeah. your weight end up then? Uh that's when I started tipping the scale at about four hundred. And um then it just things started getting way worse at the house, you know. It is I, I was lazy. <laughs> I didn't want to do anything with the kids, you know. I was like really temperamental with my wife at the time you know and you know i wasn't really no i'd 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 become unattractive so she wasn't really you know i was i was i was a lazy fat slob what i turned into and it was just it was embarrassing like that whole part of my life i look back on and i'm like really disgusted at myself but i also like look back and say you know i'm also thankful for it because i wouldn't be the man i am now if it wasn't for that but like it was embarrassing like like some of the stuff that I would eat and how much I would eat it it was disgusting man it was gross like it was nothing for me to like stop in the morning on the way to work and uh get a dozen donuts and I would sit in my truck and I would open that dozen donuts and I would stack them all in a in a stack and I would smush them down into one donut and I would eat that whole dozen donuts in like five bites Understood. Well, man, mm-hmm. or I'd stop off it on the way home, and I'd get two double Whopper meals with large fries and large cokes, and drink eat one on the way, get home, take a shower, and then eat the other one before I go to bed, and then have a wake up in the middle of the night, and come down and smash another meal. You know what I'm saying? It was it was bad, man. It was bad. And where was your head at in all of that? Like, cause I think we can look back on it and have a perspective, but at the time, like, what was going on for you? Uh, I, I don't know, man. It just that's what that's what got me through the day, I guess. Like, that's what made me feel whole. I I, I can't explain it. No. It's, <laughs> well, it's, it's insane. Yeah, and I and I I think 
you know, a lot of times like these patterns of behavior, you know, when I hear people talking about them and I think about my own, like it's the resiliency of our brains. It's like, it's like these behaviors click into place and we normalize them. And absolutely, you know, on the outside or, or looking back, you know, sitting where you are today, looking back on it, you know, you can make those, you know, you can using your words, you know, you can say that was insane. This would, this, I look at what I did and it was just wild, but when you're in it, that's not how it feels. No, like you, you, you just think it's another day, man. Like whatever, you know, especially if you have, you have that thought of, you know, I can, you know, I can change it eventually, or I'll do something eventually, or, you know, whatever that feels like. Tell yourself. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. So things weren't going great at home in that, you know, in that pattern of being, you know, really, you know, going from that pattern of like that really busy behavior and trying to take care of things at home and getting to that place where, you know, being 400 pounds is exhausting. You know, there are people out there listening who are probably shaking their heads like, and yes, are there people that are high functioning, you know, at weights heavier than that? Of course there is for, but for every person it's individual, but carrying that much weight around is, can be very tiring. And yeah, and I was, I was, I had to be the high functioning fat guy because my job is very labor intensive. So I carry around a 70 pound tool bag upstairs all day. So being 400 pounds plus doing that. Yeah. So, So, so where do things go for you from there, man? Uh, so ended up, we ended up in a divorce sadly, but it was, it was, it was coming. I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when, you know, and she just got tired of it and I don't blame her. I still don't blame her to this day, you know, um, after that, you know, and then the divorce was final and I got out of graduated and all that stuff. And, uh, moved out and having to juggle the kids and it, it, it got worse. And then I just, um, it, it got, it just got worse. Cause about that time, about a year after my divorce, uh, I got a call from my grandmother saying my mother was in the ICU dying. And, uh, it was, it's just everything spiraled downhill after I got divorced. Um, I, I started drinking pretty heavy. Um, drank myself to sleep many and many a night on top of eating. Um, it just, it went crazy. I ended up moving out of my house, uh, got a duplex and it just, it, it just got crazy. Then I, next thing I know I was probably 450, 460. And then I topped the scale, I know, a couple times over five. Easily. Mm-hmm. Understood. So, yeah, it was just one thing after another. And then um, I started accumulating all the wonderful, uh, the wonderful sicknesses you get with being fat. Uh, I was on three blood pressure medicines. Uh, two of them were maxed out milligram wise. And the other one was like a low dose water pill. But, um, and my blood pressure was still like 160 over 90 something. Uh, I had uh, congestive heart failure. Uh, I don't remember what stage it was, but my, 
my right one was like 60% and my left one was 40%. Um, I had I had high cholesterol, sleep apnea, uh, 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 what do they call it? Edema. Um, so I had it all, man. And it just started, it was, it was bad. It was any of that enough to make, to drive you to make change. No, man, uh, it wasn't, unfortunately. Uh, what made me change, it was, it was, I remember it was like it was yesterday. I was sitting, my kids had been bugging me to go to the trampoline park here in town, the indoor trampoline park. And I had finally had some time off work, and I was like, cool, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take y'all over there. So we go over there, and, you know, I'm sitting on the bench. And uh, they were over there playing the little trampoline dodgeball game. And, uh, they both ran up to me so excited because there was a couple dads in there playing with their kids. And uh, they had ran up to me, Dad, 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 come in and play with us. Come in there and play with us. And uh, I had to tell my kids that, no, your dad is too fat. I can't get in there. I'm too out of shape. And it was the look on their face when they had to turn their head and walk the other way and go back in there after they asked me and go in there and play with all the other kids and their dads and their dad couldn't come because he was too fat. And that night I sat there and I cried in my bed and I was like, dude, you are a worthless fat piece of junk. Like, Dude, you, you got to do something. You got to do something for your kids, man. You, you got to be here for your kids. You got to be here when they graduate. You know, you, you got all these health problems. You need to get off your lazy ass and do something about it. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was one of the turning points that uh that kind of kick-started my journey, I guess you'd say. And then uh, I mentioned, uh, I told you, uh, I don't know if I told you, but I had a had a hernia. I got a hernia from work, uh, umbilical hernia, and uh, I went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, "Well, you know, it's, it's a small one. You know, well, you lose. You know, you're talking about losing weight. You lose a little weight. You get down to this weight, and we'll go ahead and do surgery and fix it because we can't do surgery right now because if you lose weight, there wouldn't be no point. The mesh will come off. Blah blah blah. Anyways." I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. So one night I was like laying in my bed and uh, felt like somebody was like stabbing me with a, like a hot iron in my stomach. And uh, I I got up and I was like, man, what the world? So I kind of like stood up and I kind of like trying to walk it off. Well, it got worse and worse where I couldn't stand straight up and I had my kids with me. And it got to the point where like I was in tears and I was like, I woke the kids up. It was like 11, 12 o'clock at night. And I said, y'all boys get in the truck. We got to go to the hospital. And we had went to the hospital, and I had called my ex-wife, told her to meet me at the hospital, get the kids, uh, something's wrong, something bad wrong. And uh, I get in there, and, of course, they do all their scans or whatever, uh, make a long story short. Uh, I end up having a umbilical, uh, a uh, strangulated hernia, and I had to be rushed into emergency surgery. So they rushed me into emergency surgery, fixed it, whatever came out, and... Uh, they had told me that the piece that was herniated, the piece that was strangulated, was uh, salvageable. They said it still had blood flow, so they just kept it in there. 
and they said, take it easy, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. So, um, went about my, went about my deal. It was about a month after that. I was at work. I was going back to work and, um, I started having pain in my stomach again and I had called them up and they're like, Oh, it's just, it's just, it's just part of the surgery. You know, it's part of the healing process. We'll give you some more pain meds, whatever. So I was like, cool, you know, so I went and picked up my pain meds and I'm not a big pain med guy. So I really didn't take them. And then it started to get to where I couldn't keep food down and water. And I was just like, oh, well, maybe it's a part of the surgery, you know, because that's what the doctors kept telling me, whatever. And it's part of a small town hospital anyways. So I went on like this for like three weeks. And I was able to like sip protein shakes and like keep them down a little bit, like keep myself a little bit okay. Then it got to the point where one night I was at, I was in my bed. And I stood up because I forgot to shit, lock the front door. And I stood up and I passed out and I smashed my face on the wall. And I was like, oh, man, I got to go. I got to go figure out what's wrong with me. So the next morning I called my brother. I said, dude, I, I was like, I got to get out of Fort Smith. I said, I got to come up there and go see a doctor up there because they got a they got a bowel specialist up there in northwest Arkansas. So I ended up heading up there and going to the ER up there and. Anyways, to make it a long story short, again, I ended up staying six days there. They didn't know what was wrong with me. I went through so many CT scans and all this other stuff. And I had uh, the doctor put a scope down my throat like day five and say, oh, yeah, you got a problem somewhere. You got bile backing up into your stomach. So you got a blockage somewhere, but we don't know. We're going to have to open you up and find it. But since you had surgery... Like a month and a half ago, we don't feel comfortable doing surgery for another like two, three weeks. So we're going to send you home on this TPN stuff, which means I'll be fed intravenously for three weeks. So, yeah, that's that's unreal, by the way. That's unreal. But that time I was in there, this is what really changed, made me change was it was like day three and they didn't know what was wrong with me. And I was like fading fast. Like my kidneys were shutting down. My liver was shutting down. Uh, I was, my body was going septic. And my ex-wife had called and said, hey, I'm off today. I'm bringing the kids up to visit you. I said, Mandy, I'm not, I'm not in good shape right now. But I was like, well, maybe the kids will, in my mind, I was like, maybe the kids will help me, you know, lift my spirits up a little bit. So I said, yeah, bring them, you know. And uh, sorry, I, I I get I get real emotional when I yeah. Um, no, it's completely okay, man. So um, they come in. I was so sick that I couldn't stand up. I couldn't hardly move. And uh, my kids came in. They had to see their dad like that. You know, their hero. You know, the person I look up to. Dying. I mean, they didn't know I was dying. You know, but um, I was dying. And uh, they had walked up to me and. You know, give me a hug and stuff, and I was giving him a hug, kiss or whatever, and I talked to him for a little while, and it was when they turned and walked out the door, and I told them I loved them, not knowing if that was the last time I was going to see them again. And boom, that was that was it, man. I 
told myself once and I, I spent day and day and day at the hospital, no TV, no lights, curtains closed, just got deep into my mind. And I was just like, dude, you, you got to do something, bro. As soon as you get out of here, you got to change your life. And then I got out, got healed. They figured out what was wrong. That little piece of bow I told you that they thought they saved ended up dying and they had to go in there and cut it out and, uh, stitch me back up or whatever. And, uh, I got on it after that, man. Got on it. So what... Because I think that's something... It, it, and it's funny, because I, I... I posted on this. It, this keeps happening these past couple episodes of the show where I'm, I'm talking with guests and their experience is similar to something that I shared like that day on Instagram. Um, but I talked about, you know, a lot of times it is we have these moments where we face our mortality that drives us, you know, towards making change and going through that with your, you know, going through that moment of, of, like you said, not knowing if that was the last time you said goodbye to your kids and then having to have, you know, coming through it all and having that drive your resolve. Like, where did you go from there? Like, what changes did you make? Like, what was different as you approached it this time? Man, after hitting rock bottom, I, um, I just, I got hard, <laughs> like David Goggins says, get hard. You know, I, 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 uh, I told myself, you know, once, once you get your, your two weeks, you go in for your post-op and they release you, you know, they release you back on, I had to go through a, uh, since it was my guts, I had to go through a, uh, stages of food until my gut was completely healed. So I had to do protein shakes and I had to do soft foods and then blah, blah, blah. So at that point, I used that as an advantage of like, okay, you're not taking in a lot of calories right now. So like start doing a little bit of work. So my brother is a big time mountain biker and uh, he had been on my butt for so long. Him and my dad both like, man, get a bike, get a bike, get a bike, go ride a bike. So I um, finally buckled down. And went and bought a, just a little road bike. And uh, I wasn't going to go to the gym because I, <laughs> I was still that still a fat dude. And I was like, dude, I'm not going in there and getting judged. You know what I'm saying? I've already got a lot of social anxiety. I'm not going to go in there and be the fat guy in there and get stared at. So I got a bike, man. And uh, I just started riding. I, 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 I made it a habit to ride twice a day as far as I possibly could where I felt like my legs were going to fall off. So like I put my headphones in and I would put some motivational crap on or whatever, you know, and that memory of my kids in a hospital room would just, it would play on repeat in my head. And I, it just drove me every day, every day. And then I would, every week I would try to go further and further so i track my i would track my uh my distance and i would just try to get better and better and better and then finally i got released uh to eat regular food and i just since i was living by myself you know i i wiped my house clean of all the trash and uh started tracking i went off of uh, my bmr uh off of my goal weight BMR. So I would figure out what I wanted to weigh 
a month from now or two months from now and I would put that in and that's and I would take like two, three hundred calories more off of that. So I know I would always be in a deficit. And I would try to hit that and eat a lot of I would try to get most of my calories from protein. And I just I hit the bike and that's that's what started it with my weight loss was I just my BMR and I just started hitting the bike. And I, you know, I went I'd go two miles and then I ended up to where when I started going back to the gym, when I started going to the gym, that's when I was, I was biking 20 miles every, I was biking 20 miles, five days a week. And I was, I had lost a lot of weight and I'd got my confidence up. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to start going to the gym. And then that's when the, that's when I started researching bodybuilding and all that stuff. And then that's when I got hard into it. And then you start seeing the results and you start getting addicted. So I switched my addiction from food to the gym. And that's what happened. Yeah. Which is something actually I uh, discussed with someone, I think three episodes back, um, that idea of transfer of addiction, you know, that when you, when you have those behaviors, you know, ingrained in yourself, it's, can be near impossible to remove them completely. So finding healthy outlets for that energy. Uh, Absolutely. You're always going to be an addict no Mm -hmm. matter what. So before we kind of even get into, you know, move forward to where you're at today and, and even talk more about the discovering bodybuilding side of it, like what did it feel like, you know, as, as you were in that initial push of losing weight, like were there challenges or was it, were you able to kind of fall back on those feelings of, you know, I don't, I don't want to be back in that hospital room again, you know, having, you know, oh, man. having the, that experience, yeah. like what, what was that like for there you? There was, there was challenges. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, there's, there's days you get up and you're just like, you hurt and you, you ask yourself, you know, why are you doing this? This is stupid. Why you, you know, I really don't want to go ride today or I really don't want to go to the gym today or whatever. And then that's when, that's when I would, my mind would, it was like, it was like, it was crazy. Like my mind, when I would think that my mind was like, okay, hold up. Boom. And he would play that in my mind again, like the, the kid thing. And I was like, nope, not today, fat boy, get your ass out there and put in the work. You know what I'm saying? I had to be my own motivator because I had nobody else. So yeah, I, there was challenges. Of course there was challenges, but you know, you got to overcome those challenges. That's, you know, you, people say, you know, Oh, I need motivation. Yeah. Motivation's okay. But at a point, motivation dies off. You then you have to become disciplined. Discipline is the one that you have to get into your life because motivation will only push you so far. No, I mean, motivation fades, motivation weakens, like, oh, absolutely. And I tell people all the time, motivation's trash. Like you can have all the motivation you want. Yeah. You can be motivated for two days. And then the third day, you're like, ah, screw it. I'm not going to do it today. And that's when we beat ourselves up. And because that feeling of motivation is gone, we think that we did something wrong or it's not going to work or we failed. Like it's very, until you realize that it, it becomes about discipline, consistency, and I also think being purpose driven, like, absolutely, like you, like that experience for you, you know, like that memory with your kids. Yes. Does it generate motivation? It does. But really, if it's the purpose that can drag you through those hard days, 
it's different than just feeling motivated. Like you're still, it's when you're doing the things, even though you don't want to do them because you understand that you have to, that it's completely different than I'm excited to do this today. Like, you know, especially when people talk and even when people talk about like falling in love with the gym, even if you love working out, there are still going to be days that you don't want to work out. Absolutely. There are going to be times that like, today is just one of those days. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are times where, you know, I can, you know, I I will 100% say, you know, I, I agree with the, the phrase that you never, when you're walking out of the gym, you never regret that workout. Like absolutely, you not. never, you never walk out thinking, yeah, you know what? I probably shouldn't have done that. But even though, Yo, you, hell even no. though you're just like, hell yeah. yeah, even though you know, you're going to get to that place, you can still be sitting in your car outside of the gym being like, am I going to go in there right now? Because God, I really don't want to go in there right now. Like, or sitting at home getting ready and like, you know, it would be very easy just to take these sneakers off and lie back in bed and I would be fine. Like, but again, it comes back to that place of it's okay. If every day is not the same, it's okay. If not every workout feels exactly the same, it's the discipline to keep doing it. You know, it's knowing, it's knowing that that time dedicated to doing that work is important. You know, it's like, I was having a discussion with someone a couple days ago. Um, and they were like, I'm feeling overwhelmed because I hear one person say, this is better for weight. You know, this is, this workout is better for weight loss or this is better for weight loss or that's better for weight loss. And, you know, I said, at the end of the day, anything is better for weight loss than nothing. You know, if you don't, if you don't have a habit built of, I do X, Y, if I do something X number of times a week for X amount of time, work on that, you know? Do something that you can do during that time and build from there. You know, fine tune when you have the capacity to fine tune, but you got to, you got to smash out those pathways first. Like you have to get yourself into the habit before you can say, am I going to do exactly what's perfect? Like none of us are ever really perfect in the end. There's always another way to fine tune, but if you get caught up in that fine tuning and you haven't built the habits that you need, you're, you're going to give up on it. Absolutely. And that was another thing that I, I did with myself was uh, to build discipline because you have to build discipline. It just don't come overnight. I would do something. I would set aside time every day to do something that I didn't want to do. So whether it be fold the clothes, mow the lawn, Go for a jog, go for a bike ride, take an ice bath. I I made it a point every day to embrace the suck and not and do something I didn't like, just to build my mental discipline. I don't know that that was just that was a thing that I did that helped me build my discipline to where it's at today. Yeah, and that's important, and that's an important point. That discipline isn't a magic isn't magic that appears. And it's not something that you're born with. You know, there are people that build discipline at an early age. So it seems like, you know, the people that, you know, you see you're in high school and you're in college with them and they're already, you know, lifting six days a week and doing X, Y, and Z. And they're in that place already. But for a lot of us, it, it comes at a point in our lives where we need it. And we have to acknowledge that we need to build it. Like, because too often you, you'll hear people, and I'm sure these are things that you hear, is someone saying, 
you know, I would do what you did if I had that, you know, if I just had that discipline that you have. All the time, man. All the time. I'm like, man, you have it. It's there. You just got to get it, man. You got to get it. And you have to be okay with realizing that it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to need to be built. You didn't do what you did overnight. You know, you didn't get to the place that you're at overnight. You know, you started somewhere because you needed to start. And I think that's what every person needs to do. Like my, my very first workout when I was, you know, this, this leg of my journey was walking from my apartment to the front steps of the building I lived in and walking to a telephone pole and walking back. And that was all I could physically do. But it was starting to do that two times a week, three times a week, every day, going further. And it's not until you do it consistently that, it, and that's the hard part. That's the hard part that people don't want to hear is that the work that you do physically doesn't get easier until you're doing it consistently. You know, it's not going to, it's yes. And there are ways to up the challenge. So you keep it hard, but it doesn't become habit and something that you really enjoy until you're doing it consistently. And you're seeing those people, people want it to happen overnight. And Mm -hmm. then that that's where they get, that's where they get in that funk is like, well, he looks like this. I want to look like that, but they want to look like that in two weeks, let alone do they not know that that guy has been putting in work every day, seven days a week for the last two to three years, not a month, you know? And, and, you know, I was that guy, you know, I was like, man, I want to be that dude. I want to be that dude like next month, you know, but it's, it's one thing that I've learned is delayed gratification is the best feeling ever. No, 100% agreed, man. And so let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Like when was it that you really got started? How long ago? Oh, let's see. Probably hardcore bodybuilding. Uh, what is it? It's, uh, probably about October of last year. So the bodybuilding was October of last year. But when when did that, you know, when did you get the bike? Like when? Oh, the bike was. Well uh, and, and weight loss starting. When was that? The bike was. End of July of last year. No, yeah, end of July last last summer. So, see the fourth. It was probably mid July, and uh, I just I did a hard from mid July, and I dropped I dropped a lot of weight really fast. It was also because you know I was in the hospital. I couldn't eat nothing, so that helped me drop weight. And then being not able to eat anything also helped me drop weight. And then I, me having that bowel surgery also made me sensitive to some foods. So a lot of like high fat foods I can't eat anymore without paying the price. So like from mid July all summer long, and it was it was seven days a week. Uh, if I biked five days a week and Saturdays and Sundays, I walked with my kids at the park or we went hiking or something, but we, we did physical activity. So that's when it all started. And so physically, just to give, cause people love numbers, you know, yeah, absolutely. people love numbers. Uh, where's your weight at today? Today I am 217 pounds. So from the, the high 400s and at over 500 at various points, 
you're now at 217 pounds. Yes, my lightest, my lightest I got before I started doing this whole bodybuilding pizzazz. Uh, I got down to 197. That was my lightest. So, yeah. So I just tell people I've lost, I lost 300 pounds. It's because like my weight goes up and down, but yeah. So yeah, 300 pounds. And so what? Two years. What is life like physically for you now? Oh man, it's a breeze. <laughs> I can't even explain it. Like it's like God gave me a second chance at life. I don't even. I my kids. I, my kids look at pictures of me like back when I was big, and they said, "Dad, that's not you. That's not you." And my my coworkers are like, "Dude, I don't remember you ever being that fat." I was like, "Man, I was. I was. <laughs> Literally, I was." And it's just crazy. And but you know, you you're you still have that inner fat guy in you. Like I still battle him every day. Like in the mirror, uh, body dysmorphia is a real freaking deal. Uh, so there's days it's got its days, but far as physical man, dude, I can, I get on. I, I tell people all the time, like for my, my two a day I, I do right now, I'm on a, I'm on a cut for a bodybuilding deal in November, but, I run a 5k twice a day now as my cardio. So like my physical is it's insane. Insane. I don't have I don't have congestive heart failure anymore. My heart's back to normal. I don't have high blood pressure. I'm off all my medications. It's, it's great. I'm a new person. New person. It's, it's insane. Which answer was one of my next questions was going to be about the medications and and the issues that you were dealing with before. So I appreciate you jumping in and answering that and on the mental side of things, like what is what is life like for you now from that mental emotional place? Like yeah. as far as like working out or or just like in general, like because you were you know you talked about being in that place of you know being in the high four hundreds and just recognizing like you're ha- you had some pretty harsh words for yourself, you know, like yeah, I, yourself you know, and I, like what is how do you I'm, go ahead. I'm mentally stronger, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, nothing gets me down anymore, really. But I still, I, I, my brain still plays that thought in my head. Very, very. It, it's it's a lot. It still plays it a lot in my head. But well, um, when when was that moment? Timeline wise, for you, yeah. That, what, what do you mean? The, that, when you were hospitalized, dealing with everything that after your day, surgery, when, when was that time-wise? That was... Even if you just remember the year. That was June, May, no, June. June of last, June of last year. It was like, so everything happened so fast. Like, it was March... I was sick most of April, and then May is when I had, or April was when I, first of May is when I had my hernia surgery, and then most of May, that's when I was sick, and then June started going to, started doing the CT scans and all that, then I got hospitalized around It was like third week of June, maybe second week of June. I can't exactly remember, but it was latter part of June. 
Which in the exact day doesn't matter. The, I bring I bring it up for just from the perspective of this has all happened really fast. So I think Absolutely. it's so I think it's normal that a lot of those mental patterns are still there. You know that memory is still there. Like the challenges, it's normal. Like you you've made some in, incredible changes and have you know I think like you said developed some some new passions that are really driving you to move forward. But it's a part of the adaptation to the new life is is the time it's going to take. You know, getting getting two years, three years, four years away from that day is going to see, you know, you're going to continue to see development and see things grow for yourself. Absolutely. So what are the, what are the biggest things that challenge you now, man? Um, the biggest things that challenge me. Hmm. Oh man. Life, life's still a challenge for me. Uh, it's it's a daily it's a constant battle. Um, I I it's weird to say, but like I welcome challenges. Like so, like nothing's really challenging anymore because I welcome it. And I face it head on. Uh, probably my biggest challenge right now is actually bodybuilding prep. That is mentally draining me right now. But you know, I love that. I love it. I love it though. Well, I think you have to, because I, I think, you know, I've had a lot of guys on the show that have done shows and I have a lot of friends that have done shows like prep is a disaster in a lot of ways, you know, mentally like, but it's, it's with, pur- it's disaster with purpose, I guess is a better way to describe it. Like it's, it's not just beating yourself up for the sake of beating yourself up. Like when did you make the decision that you were going to do a show and, and tell us a little bit about it? Oh man, so I got into it. I got into it pretty good. Um I didn't even like I wasn't even like into bodybuilding. Like I was just going to the gym seven days a week, you know, and I was getting really good results. And being a big guy carrying all that weight around, you have better muscle genetics anyways, being a fat dude. Um you carry you you, you carry your muscle better, you have better bigger people have better muscle genetics. So I'm trying to say. So your body was used to carrying all that weight around, so it had to put on extra amount of muscle mass to carry yourself around. And you had a physical job. So I started. So huh? You had a very yes. physical job at four hundred pounds. So yes. So like, as I started dropping body fat, you know, and I, everybody at the gym, my home gym, everybody, you know, seeing me, they're like, holy crap, man! Like, Jesus Christ! Like you're putting on muscle fast. I'm like, no dude, I'm just like, I'm a fat dude that cut. I'm like, this was all under all my fat. So like, I haven't put on no muscle mass. I just have cut fat. They're like, man, you really need to get into bodybuilding. You, you got you, your, everything is so symmetrical. You, you know, you, you, you carry your mass around everywhere. Just good, you know? And I was like, eh, you know, I'm like I said, I'm an introvert. So like getting on stage is like one of like, the oh, gives me chills. Oh, like, I was like, you know what? Screw it. You know what? I almost died. YOLO. So I was like, man, I'm just going to hit this head on and I'm going to try it. And uh, I just, I got with a guy and he was just like, hey, man, you know, we got a show coming up. This was, what, back in February, maybe February, March. 
And he was like, we got a show, you know, bodybuilding season's coming up. We got a show in November for naturals. And uh, because open class, it's 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 uh, gear, right? Peds, PEDs. So he's just like, hey, man, we got a natural show coming up in November. He said, I would, I, you know, I want I want you to be a part of it. I was like, okay, cool, you know, whatever. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that's about it. I, I started, then I just started hankering down. I, I did, I did a bulk because uh, I have a lot of loose skin, right? So uh, I started bulking up. I got to where I was. I'm pretty happy with my, I was pretty happy with my body. And of course you got the haters like, ah, yeah, you're on TRT and you're on this. You're on, I'm like, dude, you don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. Just hush. And, uh, so I got off my bulk about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, about a month ago, probably. Yeah. And, uh, now I'm starting my cut and, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I was uh started my started my cut at two hundred and it's crazy. I started my 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 cut at two hundred fourteen pounds at eight percent body fat, eight point eight actually. My in body scan was, and uh, I took an in body scan a couple of days ago, about three weeks into my. Cut and I'm currently I actually gained weight 217 put on muscle mass in a cut which is crazy and I've dropped down to 7.2 percent body fat so I'm on the I'm going I'm on the right path so which anyone listening you can see pictures uh, on Jonathan's Instagram uh, for sure you know if you want to you want to see the physique that he's talking about like uh where do where do people where can people find you if they want to connect with you man and, and watch what's going on as you head into the show uh man um follow my tiktok that's that's pretty much where i post all my content it's uh fat underscore two underscore like t-o underscore jacked okay and i'll i'll make sure i put a um, a link to that in the show notes so that people can find that easy. But so man, we, we've been talking for a while and I appreciate everything that you've been sharing. Like I'm curious as we circle around kind of wrapping up the discussion, like with everything that you've been through, what do you think, especially because it's a, you know, it's a little, it's been, you know, less than a year and a half that you've really been, you know, hammering on this journey. Like, what do you think are the biggest lessons you've learned so far? The biggest lessons I've learned is just never give up on yourself. That That's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. And uh, consistency is key. Uh, and delayed gratification is the best feeling ever. And what do you think in, the, in this question you know, kind of hearing about the ups and downs of your, your, you know, weight throughout your life, you know, and myself having been someone who's been there, like, what do you think, what are the things that make you certain that you're on the path you need to be on for the rest of your life now? Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a, that one's a, that one's a good one. Um, 
like what I, what do I know that's going to keep me on the yeah. path? Or let's let, I mean let's play it out like life won't always be perfect, and I'm not saying life oh, anyways is perfect now, but big challenging things are going to happen again. You know, and knowing absolutely. that those have been things that in the past have put you in a dark direction when it comes like to habits and behavior. But now I think now that I'm more mentally disciplined that I will welcome the challenge if it comes towards me. I will know how to... The self-discipline that I have built for myself is... I feel like I can conquer anything now. So if life brings challenges, I'll look at it, face it head on and do it in a positive, uh, positive way. Just, I just, just hit it head on and keep on going. Don't let it slow me down. I mean, once you've almost died, like there's not a lot of things that are going to scare you challenge you bring you down because you've already been at the bottom i was there i mean the only thing only only it was either death or up you know what i'm saying so like i don't know like that i think that's where i'm at like nothing nothing's gonna stop me no i think that's awesome man i think it's a powerful message what last question before we get really into my wrap-up questions that i do every episode like what is the message you want to give out there to the person, you know, man or woman that's sitting there listening to this episode and listening to your story and saying, who is that person who's saying, I would do what he did if I had that discipline? Like, what is your message to them? All I can say is just do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. I think that's a power, I think it's a powerful message. We get paralyzed by that overthinking. Yes, you you got to. I mean, I don't know, man. It's I I get it all the time, and I, I tell people what they 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 don't want to hear it, but it's just like you you got to you got to stop talking about it. You got to stop talking about it, and you just you got to get out there and be about it. Mm. Stop talking and start doing. You'll thank yourself in the long run. I like it, man. Well, Jonathan, I end every episode with the same five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Lay it on me, man. Okay, so question number one. Jonathan, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, man. Um, Ralphie May. I like it. I like it. I don't get Ralphie enough as an answer. Question number two, man. Jonathan, what is something about yourself that you love? What is something about myself that I love? Um... That I'm funny, I guess. I don't know. Hey, whatever, whatever pops into your head is the right answer, man. I like it. Question number three, looking at this journey you've been on, man, what do you think is the most important new habit that you've built? Discipline. There we go. Question number four, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Uh, to be a better man and father. You can always improve on that. 100%. And question number five, man, last question for you on the main episode today. What is, if you could go back, if you could go back to that night in the hospital room, you mm -hmm. know, after your kids left, what is something you would tell yourself? 
why did you let it get to this point? Which I get, but I want to turn it around to, into what is something you would actually, instead of a question, like what is the what is a message you feel like you needed to hear that night? Um, man, that's a big, I just went blank on that one. Um, it's okay. A message that I needed to hear, it wasn't even a message, it was just, it was just the face of my kids, I guess. I don't, it wasn't, there was yeah. no message. No, I think it's okay. There wasn't no words, I mm -hmm. guess, to say. There was nothing like that. It was just, it was them, their faces, I guess. No, I appreciate that, man. I think that's a good answer. So, Jonathan, I want to say a big thank you. Jonathan and I are going to continue this conversation on the after show for the Patreons, but we're going to wrap up the main episode here, man. So just thank you so much for taking the time to share your experience with everyone listening. And I have really enjoyed being able to hear it. Absolutely. I just, I hope that it inspires just, I mean, I hope it inspires people to get out there and just become a better version of themselves. You know, yeah, I, like I always tell myself the mm -hmm. phrase that kept me going is, uh, be savage, not average. Mm -hmm. So, and it's not about that person having to be out there wanting to do bodybuilding or anything, you know, it's, no, about, man, it's just, about finding just, that, for your, that thing for yourself. Absolutely. Become a better version of yourself no matter what it is. I like it. Well, Jonathan, thank you again. I'm going to put Jonathan's contact information in the show notes for everybody. You can, of course, always connect with me on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto, or I guess it's X now. Um, you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And hey, everybody, remember, go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. <laughs>